about when is the rapture. Now, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to be preaching to whoever's here, but I'm going to be online because the, the world is asking. People who are lost, who have never cared about church, are asking, how close are we to the rapture and how close are we to the return of Jesus? I'm going to tell you we're in a Shemitah year now. That's a seven-year time period. This is the end of a seven-year. September of next year begins a brand-new seven-year time cycle. There are seven years of Jewish time left. Is it the next seven or is it the following seven? We'll come Wednesday night. It's interesting. So soon and very soon, like Andre's saying, we're going to see the king. Amen, man. It'll be sweet because we'll be looking for the left and all of the Democrats and Republicans and most of them, you'll never see them again. I'd like to have a talk to some of them in Washington and go, well, it's good that some way you're going you're gonna to be gone and we will never see you again. Hallelujah. And you and I will be ruling and reigning so you get your government shoes on because you're going to be the government. All right. First John 4, 4. Let's turn it to here. What did I preach on? Not last Sunday, but the week before that. When lambs become lions. And we talked about the fact that God, even though you're a lamb, and Jesus was the lamb of God slain from the foundation, the book of Revelation calls him the lion of the tribe of Judah. When did that happen? It happened at the resurrection. Then we looked at the scripture that says, as he is, so are we in the earth. That God is turning his church from lambs. A sheep is a dumb animal. Sheep cannot take care of themselves. Without a shepherd, a sheep will die. So in one sense, we're sheep. In one sense, we are. But God wants us to become lions, and he wants the, the world to see Jesus again. And the only way they're going to see Jesus is in the church. I want to read something I wrote, and I want you to pay attention as I'm about to read. The church is the only ones who have the power to change a nation. We have the power to change this nation, and we will. Nothing can defeat the church. Nothing can defeat the church. It's never been defeated. No matter what the devil's tried, it has never been defeated, and it never will be defeated. Even in Jesus' day, after he died and rose from the dead, there was a great persecution that broke out against the church, and all of Jerusalem fell, but the church did not. The church spread and became the most powerful institution. How many of y'all ever watched Three Musketeer movies and movies like that? You ever wonder why the priest seems to have more power than the king? Because there came a time in history when the preachers were the most powerful people on the earth and you didn't do anything without asking the church about it. And so they, so they tried to incorporate the church into government because the church had all the power and the government had so little. And so they, that's where Catholicism was birthed out of, trying to marry the government and the church. You can't marry the government and the church. We are the church and we are the government. That means we take our places as mayors and city council member and as people on school board so that we can see things going the way they should go. All right, I'm going to read a scripture to you right here. It says, 1 John 4, 4, pop it on the screen. Ye are of God, little children, have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Say the greater one 
lives inside of me. Now say this with your mouth. I cannot be defeated. Satan has no ability to overcome you if you walk and cooperate with God. Now, I wrote this down too, and I want you to listen to this. The only people that can kill a church is the church. The only way Satan can take a church out is for it to self-destruct. It can never be taken out from outside. It has to be taken out from inside. That's why he tries to get selfishness and strife in a church. Now, we're going to talk today about prayer. We're going to talk about changing a nation. I believe with all of my heart, the greatest move of God that we have ever seen on this earth is in, is in our future. We will see the greatest move of God before Jesus returns. He is not leaving this planet with his church without showing everybody that he's God. Now, there will be two groups of people, Christians, those who cooperate and those who do not. The day of the lukewarm Christian is over. God is going to deal with a lukewarm Christian now, and he's going to start dealing with people. The seeker-sensitive church, it's dead. Its day is over. God is going to start promoting churches that are on fire for God. Now, I'm going to get way ahead of myself. If Elijah, one man, can change a nation, a righteous man can change America, what could a righteous church do? What could a righteous church do? I want you to get a vision. I want you to start thinking that you are that righteous man. So we're going to talk about the power of God. Romans 8, 11, I'm just going to quote. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that dwells in you will quicken and make alive your mortal body. The, the same Holy Ghost that, that raised Jesus from hell is living in you. Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I mean never, never, never. Don't ever be afraid of what you're hearing and seeing on the news because that's what's happening in the world to the world, but it's not happening to you because you're here. We're here, we're in the world, we're not of the world. So we understand that under the old covenant, even though God sent judgment on Egypt, they did not have judgment in Goshen where the children of Israel were. They had light when, the, when, when Egypt was dark, they were light. When Egypt was having plagues, Goshen had no plagues. When, no matter what happened, no matter what happened in the world, what happened in Egypt did not happen to the children of Israel. They were protected from it and so shall we. All right. Now, there is a slight stipulation to all this. There is a catch point. That we're going to talk about that in a minute. There's something we need to be doing. Go to Acts chapter 4. Amen. You have to say amen. Or are you just going to make me preach longer? Acts chapter 4, verse 23. We have in the Bible, we have in the book of Acts, the story of the early church. The early church took Jerusalem by storm. Then they took the world. Out of Cornelius' house, all of Europe got saved, and America was birthed out of one move of God. One move of God carries more power than all the devils of hell. See, we are, we are the most powerful group of people on the planet. All right, now Satan knows that. Now it's time for us to know it. So I'm going to read this story, and let's read it. Um, verse 23, 423, being let go, they went to their own companions. You need a church and you need companions. You need a church. You are not okay alone. I, I did this years ago and I kind of wish people would wake up to it. 
the, the next time you're in a house with a real fire, walk up and take the tongs and take a log out and set it by itself. It'll go out. You cannot keep yourself alive. The only way logs burn is for logs to be with other logs. Your fire is totally dependent on your companionship. When you start losing your fire, I'll guarantee you, you're skipping church. And you're not going to get it in the world. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Amen. So they went back to their own companions, and you're going to see that's the key to the power of God. Um, and they reported all the chief priests and elders said, and when they heard it, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are the God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David said. And he's about to quote Psalm 2. And I've quoted this before, and it sounds a lot like our newspaper. Why do the nations rage and people plot vain things? Oh, my God, are they. I'm praying right now for God to turn them on their head. God, turn their every lie, expose every lie, expose every liar, lift the veil, open, get, I pray right now over Christians in this nation that their eyes would be open and they would become bold and begin to roar like a lion. God wants you to open your mouth and everybody to know Jesus lives on the inside of you. Amen. It says, why do the nations rage and people plot vain things? The kings of the earth have taken a stand. And the rulers are gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined to be done. Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. Now, we need to start learning to pray this prayer. Amen. Stretch out your hand to heal. Signs and wonders done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Let's pray it. Father God, right now in the church in America, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, signs and wonders in the church, signs and wonders in this church, the anointing of God in this church, the anointing of God in the churches of everybody watching online. We pray, Father God, for a mighty move of the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. The only thing going to save America is a move of God. America was birthed from a revival. When revivalists came over here to America and began preaching the gospel, whole cities came to Jesus. Out of the cities that came to Jesus, churches rose up. Out of the churches that rose up, the men in the churches began to preach the gospel and began to preach on how a government should be run based on the Bible. Those sermons became the constitution that you and I rely on. It was birthed in a church, it started in a church, and God's move of God will end in a church. It'll be the last, he's, he's always worked out of his church. So the first one started in church, this one's going to be in a church. And you're going to see the move of God. Everything God ever does for you good, it happens in church. You got born again in church, filled with the Holy Ghost in church, healed by the power of God in church. Outside of the church is nothing but the natural, and the natural man can do nothing. Now see, we've never really understood Jesus said, I'll build my church. He didn't say, I'll build my government. Thank God we have a government, but, but, they, but, but we are a government of the people, by the people, for the people, and that government, they work for us, and we might want to remind a few of them that every once in a while. You do work for me. Now, if you tell them that, they might get a little bit mad, but just, you know, just, get, just tell them to get over it. 
and they're fixing to find out. There's a lot of things not happening right now because people stood up and said, no. They don't have the power. Now, let's talk about money a minute. I want the government to give me money. Well, they can't give you what they hadn't stole. So if you want them to take your money and give it back to you, why don't you just keep it? Bunch of numb nuts. The smaller the government, the better it'll be. Amen. So, so they went together, the, the book of Acts, they went back to church, they were having problems, and they had a prayer meeting, and it says when they prayed, the place which they were assembled was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God with boldness, and, and, and a revival broke out. Now, let me give you a definition of revival. A revival is nothing else than the beginning of a brand new obedience to God, Charles Finney. All a revival is, is you obeying God. That's all it, the day you go, I think I'll have a revival today. I think I'll become a revival. Now, C.S. Lewis said this, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking less, thinking of yourself less. You're going to have to get selfishness out of your life. Go to Matthew 21, 12, and let's pop it on the screen. 21, 12. And Jesus went to the temple of God and drove out those who were in brought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Next. And he said to them, it is written, my house will be called a house of what? Prayer. Let me ask you a question. Do you call yourself a tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy roller? Why don't you ever talk in tongues? Why is it that spirit-filled churches don't speak in tongues? In church. So at the end of this service, we're going to take five minutes and we're all going to pray in the Holy Ghost. It's going to be time when, see, what happened in America today was this. God went, because the first move of God, the Holy Ghost fell, and the whole thing about destroyed the church. Because the, even the preachers were babies. And they'd get into all kind of messes. So God went, okay, they need to be taught. So he shifted from a Holy Ghost move to a teaching church. You guys are accustomed to coming in, singing two hymns, two hers, receiving a wonderful offering, turning it over to me, and I teach you for 45 minutes while you sit there and look real pretty. Say amen, hallelujah, every once in a while. And then we give it to Lisa, anybody needs to be born again, and we all go to Panera Bread. Amen. There was a season in the church we needed to grow. That season has come to an end. But now two moves are merging. We're not going to get rid of the teaching and the preaching, but God's fixing to add the Holy Ghost element back into it. Because there's things that God the Holy Ghost can do in one hour that we couldn't do in a year or two years in a church. Now you're going to have to come in with the mindset that we're here to worship God, not to hear someone teach a message. Do you understand that? That means that when I start leading you, I don't want you to buck it. We're going to come and we're going to spend some time praying the Spirit. That you, you, listen, there was a day, and some of you are old enough to remember this. Do you remember altars? Yes. They did good. They were good. That was a time at the end of the service you got to spend time with God. Every one of us in this room, we need to remember Scripture. Without me, 
you can do nothing. I don't, I don't care how good a businessman you are. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how smart you are or your schooling. You need God. And you need to weekly turn Facebook and the world off. That's cool. And you need to go spend time and get full of God. That is the most important thing in your life. Without it, you're going under. A lot of people right now think, well, I, I got my education, I got my, no, well, that, that, that used to work, but it won't work now because the world has gone nuts and you're going to need to get full, full, full and stay full. Now, I'm going to tell a story right now. One of the things that I believe, I believe that God, we will see it in the old building and many of you hear me hear, tell the story of in the old building. We, we were in the shopping center. For, for years down there. We were the only one in that shopping center. That thing was dilapidated. It, we had a roof leak. We put trash cans out. When it rained, we'd just catch the water. We were in the old theater. Well, I think it was a Wednesday night. I had, a, I had an open vision, and I saw this building. I, I designed this building based on the vision that I saw. I saw us in this room. I saw us having a church service, and I saw the Holy Ghost fall. Now, right after I got born again, I had a time that God took me to heaven. I, I say in the body, out of the body, I, I don't know. I thought I was there. I think I was there. I was there. I guess my body was in the bed, but I was not conscious of being in a bed anywhere. I was actually in heaven. And the Lord said to me, before I return, your whole church will be caught into glory. There will be churches around this nation that will be caught into glory. Now, around 4 o'clock in the vision, we all started coming out of the Spirit. Don't worry about lunch. And we got up, and everywhere we went in Apopka, people were falling out in the power as we walked by. People were being healed, and a move of God broke out in the city. But it didn't just happen here. It was happening all over the United States of America. God has been getting his church ready for this day, and he, he will have his last move. Do you remember the story of um, Samson? Samson's greatest move. And it says that when he died, the family came and took him up. You've got to go back and read it. He's a type of the church. There was a season he was powerful. There was a season he was playing with the world. And there was a season he got back right with God. Now, see, the long hair was a Nazarite vow. That was a vow of consecration. When he cut it and he allowed the world to cut it, he lost his consecration. Didn't lose his power. But the minute his hair grew back, now, the church right now, God is now growing some hair on us. And you're, you're starting to watch. Now, so let me say something to you about the last election. And I'm not trying to make anybody mad. God could have flipped it. But the church did not repent. The church didn't repent. The church just wanted four more years of money. And the church wasn't doing what he said. And he said, you, you want to know what it's be like without me? I'll let you see. Now, we're going to pray. If you want to see it change, you're going to get on, you're going to do some praying and we're going to see it change. Everyone may not join us, but I'm planning on having a revival before Jesus returns. Amen. That's good preaching. I don't care what you say. All right. 
James chapter 5. Go to James chapter 5. scripture after this and I'll have you out of here within two or three hours. Right. <laughs> James 5 verse 13. Is any of you suffering? Let him call the ORU prayer tower. Why do we do that? Why do we always need someone else to do our prayer? Come on, Barbara, help me out. Why do we always call someone to do our praying? Are you a stepchild? It doesn't say ask someone to do your praying. The next one says, anybody marry? So I say, Lisa, I'm having a great day. Sing a song for me, baby. She don't need to sing a song for me. If I'm happy, I sing my own song. And he told us, he said, any of you suffering, let him pray. Why? Here's why. No one cares more about you than you. Now, if you ask me to pray for you, I'm going to tell you what it will be like. Two minutes. I'm going to give it everything I got for two minutes. But you really think I'm going to stay up all night and pray for you? You don't pay me that much. Don't shout me down. No one cares more about your circumstance than you. Plus, why would you not know more about it in your own heart than everybody else? I'm guessing, unless God gives me something else. But you're not. So you have the ability to pray yourself through. So why not you pray? So we've got to get away from this idea of thinking that someone else is going to do all of our praying for us. That's okay when you're a baby Christian. But when you've been saved for 20 years, you don't need to be calling up the ORU prayer tower and, and, and the guy on television. That's for people who are not saved and baby Christians. You ought to be working there. Someone ought to look at you and say, my God, I'll pray you through. All right. Let him pray. Any of you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. These committed sins will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. Now, let's talk about revival here just for a minute. Let's just talk about what it is. What constitutes revival? You remember Adam and Eve in the garden? Remember God comes back in the garden and he says, uh, Adam, where are you? And he goes, uh, I'm kind of over here hiding in the bushes. God knew where he was, right? God wasn't walking around going, he was here somewhere. He wasn't asking Adam, where are you? Because he didn't know where he was. He's asking Adam, do you know where you are? So he asked Adam, he said, what happened? And he said, the woman you gave me. Some of you women have heard this before. That husband of yours already said, I'll tell you what, God, it was the woman you gave me. Anytime there's sin in our life, there's always a finger pointing. There will never be a revival until you quit pointing and take responsibility. Heavenly Father, it's me. That takes humility to go, it's me. So he says to Eve, what happens? She goes, the devil made me do it, and Flip made millions of dollars. If you're laughing, you're old. Everyone else goes, who's Flip? (laughs) 
that's that I'm not even going to answer the younger generation who's flip. The devil made me do it. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. He wasn't super spiritual. He wasn't better than us. He had emotions like you and I do. But yet he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it didn't for three years. One man changed a nation. One righteous man praying can change America. Right now we're starting to see all that the left is doing getting flipped on their head. Somebody's praying. Say amen. It might be me. Amen. We need to continue to pray because Satan's not going. Listen, we need to give him all of the hell we can while we're here. There will come a day we're going to let him have it for a little while all by himself. We're going to be sitting up in the grandstands, not watching the bulldogs. We're watching what's going on down here on the earth and getting ready, taking horseback riding lessons so you don't fall off. Look at this. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It didn't rain. For three years and six months, he prayed again, and heaven gave rain and the earth produced fruits. It says, the prayers of a heartfelt prayer of a man in right standing makes tremendous power available. One Christian has more power than all the devils of hell. The only person that can keep you down is you. If Satan can convince you to do something other than pray, that's all he's got to do. Just I don't care what they do. I don't care if they go to church. I don't care if they tithe. Just don't let them start praying. My mother, thank God for my mom, had decided that the worst kid in the family would get saved first. Sometimes it's good to be the worst. You know the Dennis the Men Menace movies? They wrote them about me. Man named next door's name, Mr. Wilson. My, my mother decided I needed to get saved. You understand, I wasn't looking for God. I didn't care anything about getting right saved. My mother came and told me she got saved, and I said, well, you need it. And that's all I said. I didn't have any concept of what she said. And she began to pray for me. During those times of prayer, God would get on me. Well, it didn't matter where I was. So one day I'm out in the woods, I'm deer hunting, and I hadn't, killed, I hadn't shot anything, and I'm, I'm coming home, and I'm climbing up a hill, and I get real tired, and I just lay down in the leaves, and, I, and as I'm laying in the leaves, the Holy Ghost comes on me. I didn't invite him. I didn't ask him to come. And I'm laying there, and I said, I wished that I was a deer, I would run up this hill. And then this voice speaks and says, if you had a wish, what would you wish? Well, I, was be I decided to be a smart aleck. Why would I change now, okay? I said, well, if I had a wish, I wished I had 10 wishes. And in my 10th wish, I wished I had 10 more wishes. 
And this voice says, why don't you get real? And I'm thinking, who is this talking to me? In the woods. And all of a sudden, I had a vision of heaven and hell. And I knew I was going to hell. And the only thing I could do right then was to say, if I had a wish, I wished I knew I was going to heaven when I died and left this God-forsaken hellhole down here. And I got it went on. Holy Ghost did not come on me because God was after me. The Holy Ghost came on me because my mother was after me. God needs people to pray. Well, she didn't let up. I would notice that there were maybe three or four days when God wouldn't talk to me. That was the time mom and Virginia were not praying. And every time she'd pray, the Spirit of God would come on me, no matter where I was, no matter what I was doing, and talk to me about heaven or hell. You don't think for a moment that God's not answering your prayers. You say, well, I prayed last week. Well, you didn't pray today. You need to pray today. You got some people you need to pray today over them because I've already decided my kids and my grandkids, they're not going to hell. So I'm going to tell you a story. Mary Fran was talking to me one day and she said, you need to get your prayer life back up. Well, I didn't really like her saying that because I had gotten in my mind that my prayer life was a duty that I had to do to earn God's favor. And I didn't like that thought, so it, it hindered my prayers. And I prayed about it. I said, God, I don't really, I know you want me to pray more, but I don't really want to pray more. I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm trying to earn your grace. And that was the day he said, I'm dependent on your prayers. I can't move. I, I want you to ask me because I can't move. There are people's lives that will never change if you do not pray. I want to read, a, I want to read something out of a book. Are you all ready? See, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm getting you to a place. I'm going to get this church. We're going to get this church to where we're a praying church. Yeah, we're, go, we're going to change. We're, you know, during the first COVID thing, we kept it at bay until we decided it was gone. And quit praying. I want to read something out of Kenyon here. Um, love this guy. Love this book. It says, someday there's going to rise a people who will take their place, Jesus' place, and bless humanity as Jesus did in Galilee. Your business is to find your place and fill it. Until you do, you'll pay a price. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, the price you pay for staying out of the will of God is expensive. You'll pay it with sickness, loss of money, and unhappiness with your loved ones. You will not be protected or cared for as long as you're standing outside of God's will for your life. You need to take your place. A lot of times people think, well, I got this. No, you don't. You need him. Life doesn't mean much outside of the will of God. There are people who will be lost unless you take your place, unless you do your part. Men will cry through eternity. You can't plead you have too much work to do. You can pray while you work. You can't plead that you don't know how. You could learn if you wanted to. You can, for you to disobey the prayer call is to disobey the call of your father. The prayer responsibility is the most important thing in your life. Did you ever realize that there are men and women who are defeated and breaking down in business, home, and spiritual life because you have, we haven't prayed? He said, no, let me change that. 
because you hadn't prayed. I read that. I did not get in condemnation. I'm not going to get in condemnation. But I said, Heavenly Father, that's me. I have not taken my prayer life as serious as I should have. And I got me a list. And I got Che's name on it and Steve's name on it and, and, and Cody. And now we're going to put JC's name on it. Amen. Now we have, a new, we have a whole new family out there now. We, you understand now the, Rod, now the Rodriguez's are part of the great Morgan family. JR is outside there. But now we're going to add her to it. Cody and Tyler, Ashley, Che, Kurt, Rachel, Reagan. I'm not, they're not going to hell on my, on my dollar. No, 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 they're not. Now I, I, now, I learned something else. I learned something else. Lisa needs my prayers. Not that she doesn't know how to pray. She needs me to get behind her. And there's times I'll walk around the house and I'll just pray over my wife. She has the wisdom of God. She has the mind of Christ. She has the strength of God. She's blessed coming in and blessed going out. You know, our wives, our husband and wives, they go through stuff every day. They need the support of their spouse to get behind them in prayer. Our kids are facing stuff every day. They are, the reason they're messed up is that you haven't prayed like you should have. We've allowed the devil in our house. And we're not allowing him in our house anymore. We're not allowing him in this church any longer. Now, I'm going to tell another story now. Now, now I said something about prayer a while ago, and I've got to tell you this, that the primary person that I pray for the most is me. Other people, some. A minute or two. Well, I've changed that. Well, there was a time I was in my bedroom, and, 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 and I'm in there praying, and, and, I, and I was working construction, and I knew how to call a God on my life, and every day I would come home, and I would run, I would run, and I'd work out with weights, and then Lisa would feed me dinner, and I'd take a shower, and I'd go into Josh's bedroom and sit down like an Indian and pray because I'm tired of laying block. I'm tired of working. I'm tired of not being in the ministry. So that's what I went in there for, to pray about the will of God for my life. Well, one time I'm in there, and God says, you need to pray for Nancy. I said, okay, bless Nancy. Now, let's get back to business. Am I the only one that's ever done this? Or I mean, am I the only one in here that ever went, okay, God, help me, bless, bless. Nancy, be blessed. And come and go on that. Hallelujah, bless her. Help her out, help her, whatever she's going through, help her out. Okay, now we pray for Nancy. Now, let's get back to business. What now let's talk about. Now, every time I'd get in the bedroom, he'd start talking about Nancy. And I'm going, okay, we prayed for Nancy yesterday. We prayed for Nancy. Well, it was about maybe a month later. I'm at the Leggett's house, and Nancy dies and goes to hell. Holy Ghost comes on me, and I begin to intercede. Now, some of y'all have no idea what I just said. That's why you have to pray in tongues. Because we're going to see in a minute, Romans 8, you don't know what to pray for. You don't know what to pray for all the time. So I began to intercede for Nancy and groan in the spirit and, 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 and Nancy went down into hell and then she came up out of hell. She's actually writing in a book and then I got to go up there and help her with my story in her book and tell the story about her dying. But let me say this to you. She would never come out if I hadn't prayed. I went up there in Brooks, bridal shower, and I sat there and I went, I'm so glad I prayed. They wouldn't be, you think God would have known. You listen to me. God's totally dependent on you. You don't pray, nothing's happening. She wouldn't be in heaven. She wouldn't be alive right now. She would be in hell. 
And, and, and I began to wake up to, to the necessity of my time with God and how important and valuable that is. Right now, God is waking me back up to the necessity of this nation. We are going to have to start praying over this nation. Because we can sit back and hope that Trump gets back in office. <laughs> but I'll guarantee you if he does, he's going to need prayer. He's going to need prayer to get in, and he's going to need prayer to stay in and to stay alive. People are crazy. Don't shout me down. Now, as for me and my house, go to Romans 8. As for me and my house. So if you're in my family, we're praying you in. And I just look at my grandkids sometimes and go, you might as well quit fighting. Fight with me. <laughs> I remember years ago, I started praying over Justin. You know, it's one thing to see your kids have a call of God and they're just blowing it off. And I talked to Justin. He didn't pay attention to anything I said. I'd say something, he'd go, huh? He's got his little business he's got going on and he's got his little ideas. Well, I got tired of talking to him. I went and talked to God. I said, God, you didn't raise up three boys in this house of mine and give them to the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm not having it. So Lisa and I would gather in the morning. We have coffee in the morning, and uh, we have Bible time in the morning, and we get in there, and we pray over our family and pray over stuff. And uh, I'll tell you this, if you're a Morgan, you might as well give up. <laughs> or a former Morgan. And I remember one day Mark Hankins came along and said something to Justin, and I, and I looked at Lisa and I went, there's one. I said, we have two more to go. And if Jordan, if you're watching now, enjoy your truck for a while. Mary Fran prophesied all three boys will work in this church and their wives. Jesus, do you remember what you said? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I pray over Justin all the time. God, get her here. Get him married. Listen, I'm not, I'm not leaving this earth till I have grandkids. I'm not leaving going anywhere. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> in God good I want you to pay I'm going to hit you for Kela and Tony Kenneth some more Kela and she will hold you back are you taking this as serious as I'm taking it are you taking what you're hearing, serious? I'm restricted by your prayer life or your lack of it. I have so much I want to do. I have so much I want to do for you and through you. But I'm hindered by your prayer life. I hear everything you say. I respond to everything you say. And I'm waiting to hear what you have 
to save. My children will be taught of the Lord. Great will be the peace of my children. This nation will return to God. We will have a mighty move of God in this nation, Heavenly Father. The church will rise up again and become strong again. And we will no longer compromise the truth of the Word of God. Father God, you'll raise up tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling, on fire for God Christians. And one man, one Christian can turn a city. One man can turn his home. One woman can turn her children back to God. And I pray, Father God, today you begin a move of God in this church and this church and the churches around the nation and those that are listening as we will take up our mantle and take up our place like Elijah. And Elijah prayed. Elijah was one man, Father, and he prayed. And you changed the whole nation because one man prayed. Imagine what a born-again, spirit-filled man could do in the face of God, in the throne room of God. And Father, I thank you that all of our children, they're coming out of darkness and they'll all be saved. All of our children will be. And we'll Satan, we'll say, Satan, you'll get your hand off of them. You get your hand off of them. You'll not take them down. You'll not take them down the wrong road. And you'll stop all maneuvers against them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's called when the lion roars. You say, well, you didn't pray for an hour. Well, I didn't have to. I think I got something done. Come on, I pray you just get all fired up. Amen. Romans 8, Romans 8, Romans 8. I done found out. I'm going to tell you that when I got back from Tennessee, I really enjoy going to Tennessee because I get a lot of exercise when I'm there. And Lisa likes it when I exercise. And she's always asking me, honey, are you going to go walking today? And I'm thinking to myself, good God almighty, I don't want to walk down that road again. I mean, I've already seen all those houses. Have you ever just get thrilled about walking or jogging down the road, the same old ugly asphalt road? It's just ugly asphalt road. But now in Tennessee, now that's a different story. I walked 10 miles one day chasing whitetails up and down them hills. And Lisa looked at me, she said, are you tired? I went, it doesn't matter whether I'm tired. I'm going to go hunting right now. And I was out all morning to come in and have me a lunch and go back in the evening and go hunting again. And then when I get home, I always feel real good. And I decided, how do I keep exercising down an ugly road? I said, I know what I'll do. I'll turn it into a prayer road. So now the neighbors here be coming by, and I sound like a freight train. And there goes that crazy Spanish man going down the road again. He's talking to somebody. We don't know who he's talking to, but he's been. And I decided, you know what? It take, I walk about, what, about two miles? That's two miles of praying. I mean, I don't have to. I mean, I don't have to sit at home. I can. I can walk and pray. At least now I'm out doing something. Amen. Amen. The Bible says walk and pray. Somewhere, verse twenty-six, Romans eight twenty-six. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know. You know what that means in the Greek? You don't know. Well, I know what to pray about. That's why when you pray in English, you pray five minutes and you run out of something to say because you just don't know. 
You know, most of the stuff we think we know, and we know a little bit, but we don't know everything our kids are doing and all that they're up to. You don't know where they've been and where they haven't been. You don't know who they're running around with right now. You don't know what they're watching on Facebook or TikTok. You don't know what the devil's got planned for your family and your husband and your wife. You know, in a church this size, do you ever wonder how I pray for 300 people? I pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you're doing. It don't matter, but God knows what you're doing. And sometimes I call your name out. He don't tell me anything else, so don't worry. He's not tattling on you. When I'll be walking around going, Debbie, 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 and then I get off on Betty. I don't know if Betty May or Betty Lowe's, but Betty sure gets a lot of prayer lately. And I remember one week, one, one month, well, actually it was six months, I kept praying, Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. Holy Ghost knows. Finally, I got tired of asking what, I came to Kenny and said, what's with Cindy? He said, the doctor diagnosed her with cancer. She's still alive. She's still alive. Prayers of a righteous man. Now, folks, I'm pastoring a church supernaturally. I don't have to know everything going on in your life. All I need to know is that he knows. Let me tell you another story right now. Y'all just need to hear some stories. There's a little lady right back there named Barbara Neff. Wave your hand, everybody. Say this, Barbara Neff, Barbara Neff. See, you don't have to be in a special position. One day I'm riding my motorcycle, and I had not put enough air in the back tire or the front tire. Now, when you get on it, it looks like they're normal. When you sit on it, it kind of squishes. Well, I'm over here in Mount Dora, and I turned into the public shopping center, and the crash bar hit the asphalt that on the slope coming up and rolled me. I fell off the bike running about 15, 20 miles an hour and just rolled me down the hill. And I got up, wasn't a scratch on me. I got up and went, praise the Lord. Well, I walked in the office, and Barbara says, what happened to you? I said, what do you mean what happened to you? She said, in the, this afternoon, and I mean, you may tell the story better than me. The Lord showed her. She, she prayed over me that the devil wouldn't kill me. Now, she didn't need to pray an hour. She just, Satan, you won't have him in Jesus' name. Let me tell you something. That happened. All the time, all the time, all the time. I'll be walking along through my house. And say, I think, Satan, you stop that right now. Name you. you stop that. You stop it. Right. I'll just get a prompting. You know, sometimes when you're sitting in church and you feel lost, you just feel like crap. Or you're, God's showing you what someone in the church feels like. And he wants you to sit there and pray over them. I'm in a church service one time in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm sitting on the second row. And all of a sudden I feel lost. I feel lost. Like I'm going to go to hell. And when I know I'm not going to go to hell. And I mean, I feel like I'm going to go to hell. And I'm sitting there, and I start weeping and crying. I said, I don't want to go to hell. I'm just crying. And I began to just pray. And I felt like an idiot. I didn't want to bother anybody up there. But I'm sitting there and feeling like I'm going to go to hell. And I began to intercede and pray. And I prayed like that five minutes real strong, just groaning in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, I started laughing. <laughs> and Buddy gave the altar call. No drunk in the back got up and came forward and got born again. And God said, that's who you were praying for. Now, God needed me to pray for him. God looked over there and said, I need somebody to, I need someone open enough to pray for this person right now. You need to stay open and learn how to get to the place where you're not just praying, you know, just sitting at home and, and Heavenly Father, can you pray in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Well, that's good. 
Don't make that the only kind you pray. Let's come back to this scripture right here. Let's come back. I mean, I mean, the anointing of God just got real strong on me just now. Listen to this. Listen to scripture. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. You know what the word help means? It's soon it's anti-lambano. So it's a Greek word. I learned that from Rick Renner. It means, uh, let, me, let me read it off the paper because it's uh, quite lengthy. Soon anti-lambano. Listen, listen to this. Take hold together with against. God will grab a hold of the problem with you against the devil. Whatever the devil's doing, God will get in there with you and help you by taking hold with you. Now that piano right there, I will not move it by myself. I would have to say, Bevel boys, I'm going to need a little bit of help. And actually, if I could get all of the bevel boys, I could just put my finger on it. Let's go this way. Because I let the bevel boys do what the bevel boys do, move pianos. Well, sometimes God, all he needs you to do is just get your hand on it and turn him loose and let him move that thing out of the way that's been hindering you. But it says he will help you for you do not know what you should pray. It did not say you didn't know how. You know how to pray, but you don't always know what to pray for. Life is very complex. There's a lot of stuff happening in your life, and there's a lot of things going on around you all the time at work, family members, and you need to pray correctly. You don't want this stuff going on. You're going to have to say, Holy Ghost, you said you'd help me pray. Now I need you to help me pray right now. And you start praying over your family. You pray over your kids. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, for all of you people who don't pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm going to explain something to you in just a minute. Then the intercession means a rescue operation. It means to get in the pit with you. Now, for all of you that don't speak in tongues, I'm going to explain something to you. God is up in heaven, and he said to Jesus, I have a wonderful idea. We're going to send you to the cross and you're going to die in their place and redeem them back to God and they'll be born again. And the Holy Ghost goes, that's a good idea, but they're all dumb. And God goes, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Because we could give them preachers. Nah, they don't listen very good. And anyway, it would take us Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to teach them to pray. And the Holy Ghost goes, wait a minute, I, I got an idea. Why don't I help them pray? Well, how would you do that? Well, let's see. I know what, I'll make them speak a language they don't know. And Gabriel goes, that sounds crazy. I know, but it'd be cool. Anytime God doesn't want your head in the way, he bypasses it. Because honestly, when we pray in English, most of the time it's selfish. But so when you're praying in tongues, you're praying the perfect will of God, and it isn't the Holy Ghost praying, it's your spirit praying with the help of the Holy Ghost. You say, what'd you say? I have no idea. Well, I don't think that that makes any sense, Harold. You're right. But whoever told you God had to make sense to your head? 
Bible says, do not lean to your own understanding. God doesn't need you to be intelligent. He's intelligent. Now, the devil hates tongues because he can control you. See, he'll get you worked up and get you, Jesus, I'm having a bad day. And God goes, pray in the spirit because he's got to get you out of the whiny babies. Because right now you're digging a hole. Have y'all ever owned a car that was like single traction? And I know none of y'all have ever gotten stuck in sand, yeah, but mud or snow. And you just cr crank on it and you just keep spinning, spinning, spinning uh, until the car gets down on its axle. That's what praying does when you're not praying the Spirit. You're just digging a hole. No, 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 help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. But if he could get you in the Spirit, he'll start praying the perfect will of God. The highest honor there is for any human is to walk in the throne room and make petition. And the Holy Ghost can get you in the throne room. Now I have, I have a wish. I want Trump to call me and invite me to his house. I want to leave with a check and his name on the bottom of it. All right, let me ask you a question. Would y'all go? Anybody in here, I mean, I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, you'd go, wouldn't you? I mean, if you knew he was going to give you a check, a blank, and sign his name, would you go? Well, if you'd go in the presence of Trump, good God, you ought to go in the presence of God. Because he's, he's got 100 checks with his name on the bottom of it. The church is the most powerful institution on the earth when they pray. Ain't a devil in hell stop a man praying. The greatest thing you'll ever learn this side of heaven is how to pray. Above everything else. And I can't teach you. This sermon is not teaching you to pray. It's motivating you to pray. You know how you learn to pray? Pray. Now, I'm going to use an analogy many children in the room. If you come to me and say, teach us marital relationships, I'm going to say, no. I won't help you with that. Figure it out. Well, what if we mess up? You can mess up without me because I'm not going to help you. Does that make sense? I know that sounds a little crude. There's just some things you're going to have to learn on your own. Intimacy with God is one of them. You're going to have to learn it on your own. But I'm going to tell you this. The more intimate you are, you'll get to the place where you'll crave your prayer closet. Your best days, if you will pray in the spirit, your best days are ahead. There is nothing the government or the devil can do to stop a man full of God. There is no pit Satan will design to put you in that you can't come out of it if you'll ask the Holy Spirit to help you pray out of that thing. It might take you some, a little time. I've had situations, when I start praying in the Spirit, I'm going to tell you what happens to me. The devil sits on my shoulder and goes, what are you saying and how long are you going to be here? And he tries everything in his power to stop me from praying. 
He hates it when I pray. The phone rings. Somebody wants me to do something. And all of a sudden, I start thinking about that last piece of pie in the refrigerator that Cody or JC or Justin or Jordan did not eat. And I know right where it was because I hid it. And I'm trying to pray, and I keep thinking about pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie. And I have to go, I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. And I say, I will eat that pie. And I say, God, keep Lisa from finding it until I get through praying. I hid a deviled egg the other day, too, Lisa. I hid some in the refrigerator. Yeah, well, it was hidden from you because you didn't see it. Now, I got to tell on Lisa since she's being a smart aleck. <laughs> Lisa is my squirrel. She's a squirrel. When she gets chocolate, she hides it in the house. Because you'll eat it all. But she, forgets, but she forgets where she hid it. Don't you? Don't you? Yeah. And so I'll see her in there praying, and I go, are you, what are you praying about? She goes, Nothing. I believe I receive. And I go, are you praying over Joshua, Justin, Jordan, the move of God? She goes, no. I'm asking God to show me what I do with my chocolate. I said, well, why'd you hide it? She said, from you. And, I mean, she's notorious for sticking stuff in holes. I mean, I'm, been in, I'm, in the, I'm someplace in the house, and I go, oh, there's some chocolate. And I, I don't eat it all because she'll accuse me of eating all her chocolate. I only eat half of it, and I put it back. And then later I hear, Daryl, did you eat my chocolate? I go, I plead the fifth. <laughs> and he'll help you find your chocolate too. I want to do something right now, and I'm, and I'm going to ask you to stay with me. We have been in preacher-teacher mode in this church for 32 years. I want to make an adjustment today. I want you to come with the avenue, with the idea you're going to spend time with God. Not just listen to me preach. And I want you to get in the mindset that you're here in church to spend some of it. He said, I, he said my temple is a house of prayer. Let's go back to this church being a house of prayer. I'm going to walk the aisles here and just pray in the spirit. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. I want you to take this time to pray over your family and pray over the things that you need the Holy Spirit to help you. And I'm going to start off in English and you can pray with me. Heavenly Father, you said in Romans 8, 26, we don't always know what to pray for as we ought to. And all over this room right now, I've... I, I, I have taken the time, and I, I believe I'm obeying what you're telling me to do, that the church in America must return to prayer, must. I'm praying that this church right here would get in the habit of spending time praying in the Spirit, English too, but primarily in the Spirit. You said we don't know how to pray, and I'm asking you to give us utterance in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, let's go. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, just come up afterwards. Lisa will lay hands on you, and Justin will get you filled. 
Father, I pray over the United States of America right this minute. I pray for the move of God you promised us. I pray that it would begin in every church in America that's on fire for you, that you would raise up churches. Right now to become back to, to praying and praying over this nation. We need you in our nation. You are the only hope we have. You're the only hope we have. I thank God for the men. I'm asking you to put right men in place. And if they do, we will continue to pray for them. Father, you said in First Timothy, supplication, prayers, and intercession will be made for all men, kings and all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life. We have not done that. We have not done that. We repent. We have not done it. If we had been doing it, the nation wouldn't be in the mess it's in right now. And we drop the ball and let it go. But we will pick it up now. We're going to pick it up in this church. We're going to pick it up in this church. I'm going to pray over America. We declare that we will not lose this nation to, the, to communism. We'll not lose it to socialism. We'll not lose it to COVID. We'll not lose it to the lies of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, put a hedge around your people. Put a hedge around our wives and children in Jesus' name. Okay, I'm going to read one scripture and then I'm going to turn you loose and let you go home. I want to talk to the men for a minute. It says, for this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God who desires all men to be saved. There is one God. It says that first of all, the giving of thanks be made for all men. There's a scripture in the Bible that says men ought always to pray and not faint. I'm going to use that to the male right now. I'm the head of my house. I'm not henpecked. My wife does not spiritually run our home. I do. A holy man is a whole man. 
I don't have to go out and make all the money and, and, and serve the devil in order to have money. I don't have to serve the devil. When it came time to have our children, Lisa and I prayed. My children have watched dad pray, not just mom pray. They've watched their dad pray. They watched their dad walk with God. I'm calling the men in this church to God. Take your place. If you're not accustomed to praying in your home, get over the fear of what people would say about you. That's called being a coward. Stop it. Be a man of God. If there ever was a time that men in churches need to rise, it's right now. As the heads of the home. My wife does not keep me straight. I keep me straight. My wife does not make me serve God. I serve God. As a matter of fact, godliness is profitable. You will make more money if you will learn how to pray. The greatest benefit God ever gave a human being is to walk in the throne of God. I would be dead if I didn't know what I'm preaching right now. I would be dead. I have had times praying in the Spirit kept me alive. I've had trials so bad that I couldn't even pray in English. I just wept and groaned and prayed. Finances were so bad. I knew if I didn't have a miracle, we were going to go belly up. The doctor tells you you got a year to live. All you can do is pray in tongues. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. God, help me pray. I've seen my kids getting stuff and I go, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Help me. And Lisa and I are both, we're very respectful of each other. If she sees me in prayer, she leaves me alone. If I see her in prayer, I leave her alone. In our home, it's very sacred when either one of us have taken the time to go off and pray. I want you to begin to make adjustments. You say, well, I don't know how to pray very well. Start with 10 minutes. Begin. Begin. Just begin. Don, there are things the Holy Spirit wants to show you. If you'll pray in the Spirit, He'll give you revelation of stuff that you have not known. Because he wants you to know. He's not holding anything from you. Now your finances will take a change too. Pray in the spirit over it. God has a lot more for you than you're enjoying. Just pray. Don't worry about, don't get in condemnation about the past. Forget it. No matter. Just start praying more in the spirit and say, thank you. Help me pray. Help me pray. And, and you'll see things begin to change. Especially finances. In this, in, in, do y'all just enjoy the Holy Ghost is so thick in here? Little Malarusi, Malarusi.
There is no more to take. There is no more let us see. There is Then you should walk. I have made it for you to walk on. There is a road that leads you home, and I have made for you to walk on. And that path is made when you pray. In the spirit, every day I have made a way for you to go, for you to walk home every day. Soon we're going to get in here and talk about praying and interpreting your own prayers so you'll know what's your prayer we hope you enjoyed this message by word of life church we just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our youtube channel to our podcast to our soundcloud and many more events we also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing it helps keep all these messages free you can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time